0: Hello. Welcome to episode number five of Toddler Talk. I am here with Sydney to finish our discussion on implementing a positive parenting lifestyle with toddlers. So how
1: are you today, Sydney? I'm doing fine. Thanks for asking. Good.
0: Last week, Dominique and I discussed empathy, proactive parenting, and respect. So today, we're going to talk about Healthy attachment and positive discipline with regard to positive parenting. And I know that the um, positive discipline piece is the part that generally causes most people a little bit of stress. But it's, I don't think it's that bad. So what do you think about healthy attachment and positive discipline? What are, the, what are your thoughts with how you apply those to parenting or do you struggle with those?
1: I definitely struggle with positive parenting because, you know, I get stressed out, Um, you know, just like they want to have a temper tantrum. I get have a temper tantrum, but um, it's, it's, I think it's a, it's a lot more involved. You have to be a little bit more mindful. Definitely. Yes. And, but, and, and that's, that makes it just that much, it adds that much more stress to the, not stress, but just you're working more. Yes. And so you can be a little bit more stressed out by it. And I don't want to say that it's, it's a stressful thing. Like it's a bad negative thing, but it's, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of rewards where it's like, you, I feel like I know my children as people and they're only like two and a half and they can barely, I mean, only, only one of them is speaking good sentences, but I just, I know who they are. I could probably like, Oh, I know how they're going to react to this or I know that they would like this or something like that. Um, as far as uh, healthy attachments, I don't know. You mean attachments to my like parental attachments or I guess
0: the relationship that you have with your child, so you want to foster a healthy attachment. You want your child to to see you more as a source of comfort as opposed to a source of stress or to to be viewed as someone they should fear.
1: Right. I think um, with this one, it kind of depends on uh, what your goal is. So there's people, like there's attachment parenting where they're like, um, I guess, you know, like the the stereotypical, there's different moms at the playground. There's that mom following their child every single step all through the playground, you know, and their kids, their kids not afraid to fall because they know mom's right there behind them. And then there's like, you know, the mom sitting on the bench reading a book or scrolling through Facebook, you know? Yes. and so I'm a mom who I like to sit on the bench because one, I just don't like, I personally don't have fun playing on the playground anymore, you know, it's not an activity I like to do, but, and my kids are really good at, they have a lot of independence because of that, because they've, uh, like explored the playground by themselves, but I'm always right there. And I see sometimes that they get stuck. And before I go out and I help them, like physically, I'll like yell out verbally, like, Hey, like, are you help?" Are you stuck? You know, well, try again. You know, try again by yourself. I think you can try to do it by yourself. No? Okay, here. Well, how about I come help you a little bit? And then how come? How about I help you a little bit more? And so I personally give my children a lot of, I guess, um, freedom. I let them walk a little further away from me in the store than most people would. Um, I let them play a little bit more outside of my eyesight than uh, a lot of people would. And I do get a lot of people who express how nervous it makes them um for example we went camping and I took my children out on the lake like when they were one I took them out on the lake on a paddleboard um they had appropriate size um life jackets (laughs) I'm the lifeguard for five years and I can swim and it's not a windy day where the currents are bad or anything it's a lake it's flat lake no wind so I mean, it was a, I, just, I felt it was a very safe activity. And then you see, like, parents on the shoreline looking horrified. Like, I can't believe she has her children out there. But my children were having a great time. Um, you know, the boy was a little cautious, but he's a cautious person. He's like, oh, no, Mom. <laughs> I'm, I'm really judging your parenting right now. And the girl, of course, was just like, I'm going to stand up on this board. Here, I want to paddle. I want to paddle. I got it, Mom. Sit down, sit back. You know? Well,
0: independence is definitely a sign of uh, a healthy attachment because if a child feels that you are there, that you are there for them, and that you aren't going to... I guess basically abandon them, they're okay with walking away and trying things because they know that you are going to be there for them. And those are things that they actually learn pretty much from day one. Well, they begin to learn from day one in infancy. infancy, When they cry, do you respond to them? Do you nurture them? So um, parenting is those little seeds that we plant from the very beginning sometimes you don't see it until the toddler years or the preschool years but healthy attachment truly begins in those early days and in those those late nights when you're picking them up and holding them and it's not to say that your child never has moments in which they cry because just being realistic sometimes we have to shower sometimes we have to run outside and get something from the car and they're in their crib but it's not all the time. The majority of the time, the parent is there meeting the needs of the child and, and ensuring that their child feels loved, safe, and secure. And they're not, um, I guess, neglecting their child's needs for the sake of, you know, serving, for the sake of proving a point. Well, I'm, I don't want to beat you up because I want you to get used to me not being there, which is one of those things I think is crazy. Why would you even want a a baby to think that you're not going to always be there and I've had people tell me I had someone tell me that was my um oldest don't answer him when he calls you all the time because he needs to know that you're not going to always be able to respond why am I not going to always be able to respond even when he's older and he's far away I might not be able to to show up instantly but I can talk to him. I could send an email, a message, let him know that I'm there and I'm I'm concerned.
1: I mean, okay, so yes, you won't always be able to respond, but I think the lesson they learned there is sometimes she's just not going to. Yeah. You know? I mean, you can be like, oh, you know, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you, or something like that.
0: Definitely. Well, there are there's seven signs. Um, of healthy attachment um, in the counseling world and since I'm working on school counseling this is one of the things that I, I'm learning um, I'm studying to obtain an MED in school counseling and so I have learned that there are seven signs of healthy attachment and one is that your child prefers your company to that of strangers hmm. Because they're used to you, you're a constant, you're familiar to them. They know how you're going to respond. That's not to say that they shun strangers, but there's that, um, there's that comfort and familiarity. Right. And two is your child looks to you to be comforted because they see you more so as a source of comfort. Even when you discipline, your children see you as a source of comfort and not someone to fear because in positive parenting, your punishments aren't punitive. They're not harsh. They're meant to guide and direct and toddlers actually feel secure within those parameters that are given by discipline. Um, three, your child welcome and engages you after an absence. So... <laughs> In the morning, when I drop off my son at daycare, he looks at me as if to say, woman, leave. I am here. I am having fun. Now, if I linger, he wants me to play. But typically, he looks at me as if to say, it's time for you to go so I can eat my breakfast. But when I walk in in the afternoon, oh yes, once he sees me, because sometimes I just try to stand back and watch him play and interact. But when he sees me, mommy! And he runs past me. He goes to get his lunch bag and his nap mat, whatever. And he takes off running because he's happy to see me and he's ready to go. So, if your child, there are children who don't have that secure attachment, they're not exactly happy to see mom and dad. That's not to say in all instances, but typically, when you have um, that, that's one of the signs. When you have a healthy attachment with your child, they are happy to see you.
1: Do you think um, that might pertain to, uh, let's say, like you go pick up your kid up from daycare every day, and they cry because they don't want to go home? Yeah, that is true, and that
0: might be something to think about. What is it that they identify with leaving daycare that they don't like? When they get home, do are they bored? Do they not have anything to do? Um, Do they spend two hours in traffic? So, not to say that a parent could necessarily change that, but Try if your child is not happy, try to think on what it is that they don't like
1: yeah what what why is that transition it could bring tears
0: exactly because <laughs> okay. it might not be you it could be someone else uh, their connection to others so children in the toddler age they they don't really play but they, they try. You can help to talk them through situations. Would you like to share? Yes. No. Um, are they maybe happy to see someone? Because my son, he loves to see his daycare friends. He doesn't necessarily play with them during the day. Sometimes he will. He's, as he becomes older, as he's approaching three more, he plays with them more. But he's always happy. He's like, I'm going to see Benji. I'm going to see... Ava, and he looks forward to seeing them and he enjoys that time with them. And he loves his daycare workers because he's always saying, I want to see Miss Aka. He calls Erica Aka and Janae. So what is their connection like with others? From your healthy interaction with your child, they're able to grow healthy interactions with other people who engage with them in a healthy manner. If your child is in a situation day in and day out, and they are not interested in engaging with the person or they seem unhappy, that to me is a red flag because why do they not want to spend time with this person or in this situation? And that's something that you definitely want to explore because even though it's it's daycare or it's a babysitter, your child is spending probably more than half of their waking wake. wake Waking hours with them, you want them to have that healthy and secure attachment with their their caregivers and even the people in their program.
1: Tribe, your village, your community.
0: Exactly, that is true. Um, With healthy attachment, your child can delay gratification. Now, not so much in those early toddler years, but as they grow and progress, you'll see that you can say, "Mom is going to the restroom. I will be right back." And they're okay with that. In the early years, it's difficult because they still um, they, they have that connection with you, and, and they haven't fully understood that mom is going. But as time goes on, they're like, okay, I'm going to sit right here and watch this, and I know that you'll be back. All right. And then your child is responsive to, to discipline. And, of course, discipline is not spanking. It's not time out. It's not punitive punishment. It's connecting with him guiding them, showing them and talking to them and telling them what to do and what not to do. So having those simple conversations, we don't hit, no, don't hit or however they communicate, but you know that they're, they're listening to you and they are engaged with you in those conversations. And then going back to what I said from the very beginning, um, your child is confident and they're independent because confidence and independence grow from feeling safe and secure because when you feel safe, it's, it's like you have a platform from which to jump and you know that that there's a safety net down there. There's something going to catch you. So right. you feel secure that that mom and dad or whoever is going to be there to protect you. So that's healthy attachment. And it's, it's just all about nurturing your child so that they know and they believe that you care for them you love them and that you are going to be there you're not going to necessarily do everything for them because you want your children to learn to do for themselves but you're definitely there as a source of strength
1: I think what? it's kind of like I like to do um like my kids when they're with me uh you have uh people maybe it's like I was an RA in college and there would be Kids who came in that didn't know how to do their laundry, didn't know how to make a simple meal, and I'm like, "How would your parents let you out of the house? And you don't know how to take care of yourselves." And so, with my kids, sometimes, um, you know, I do a lot of things for them, and I, I make them um, very comfortable, and, and life is easy for them. But there's a lot of times where I'm like, "Okay, like I'm gonna be with you the whole way, and you're probably gonna cry a lot, but you know, you're gonna have to figure out how to take your own hands off, like." You know, <laughs> We're going to work on it, you know, like every time you don't have to take off your pants, but it's a little ridiculous that you don't know how to take them off at all, you know, or you don't even try, right. um, you at least try and I'll, I'll help a little bit and I'll walk you through it. So, but I'm right there beside them while they're frustrated and crying and talking them through the frustration. And I guess, um, just what you said, made me think of like a lot of times when you're with them, you're like comforting them and it's like a happy yeah, I'm I'm being their comfort, making things easy. And sometimes when I'm with my kids, things are not easy for them, and they're crying. But I'm still right there, guiding and you know, providing that comfort. Comfort. Well, that's
0: why I love Montessori because Montessori is based on the premise of uh, mm-hmm. adults should not do for children what a child can do for themselves. And a lot of times, I think adults handicap their children, and mm-hmm. we as parents we, we handicap our children from doing things that they can do because we're either in a rush or we don't believe that they can do it right. there's so many perfectionist parents that want their children to do things their way. They don't want the child to discover the process of doing it their own way. And we handicap our children when they have the ability to do so much more.
1: And I've come into that too. Um, like I said, I give my children a lot more, I guess, freedom. I call it like freedom and space um, to kind of go off like, they're free to go off a little further and explore just as far as they want. And sometimes I'm like, all right, all right, you know, you're too far. You need to come back. Um, but the kids were just over one. And like that, that year, I uh, unbuckled their seatbelts, their car seats, right? Mm-hmm. And I said, all right, get out of the car and go into the house. And I go into the back and I grab the groceries. And my mom said, like, I would never have <laughs> thought – That they can climb out of their own car seats and climb out of the car and walk up the sidewalk into the house. And I mean, and at the time I said, Well, you know, I've got like two kids. I don't have arms to be carrying all these babies and all the groceries and bags and stuff in. Like, you know, so I kind of need you guys to walk yourselves in there. But you can walk yourselves in there. It's something that you're able to do. And I'm going to let you do it. Yeah. And I open the front door and I'm like, All right, go get in the car. And they go and they climb and sit in there. Well, sometimes I jump all over the car, but they get in the car yeah and that's that's part of the battle right there
0: I love it. I love watching children do for themselves in that first time you see them do something that they've never done before. It's right, It's amazing
1: right around, you get that yogurt <laughs> I'm like oh, I see I guess you can't open the refrigerator door. Mm-hmm. I'm not putting the yogurts on the bottom shelf now.
0: <laughs> How did you figure that out? But, I love it. Well, sh- let's shift gears and talk about positive discipline because that's the
1: most the- difficult thing to stay with.
0: It is, and in in the um the group, the Facebook group, our parenting group, which we've changed the name from um like Mom Positive Parenting and Nurture Child because people seem to consider positive parenting an act as opposed to a lifestyle and it's not an act it's something that you have to live and people are go, like, well, what would a positive parent do?" yeah positive probably wouldn't even happen because you're not living the lifestyle that would force your child to respond in this way because typically what the situations they're asking about is a child reacting to mm-hmm. probably some stimuli from a parent as opposed to just normal developmentally just things that you normally expect from a child so with positive discipline a lot of people don't get that positive discipline is, is the proactive piece it's what you're doing before you're not responding or reacting you are basically three steps ahead you're anticipating what's going to come next. Now, one of my favorite resources is PBS, of all places. PBS has lots of um, really good information about um, the developmental stages of children. And one of my favorite pages that they have is Seven Tips for Practicing Positive Discipline, which it just, it pretty much lays it out. And it's just, it's commonly, it's researched information. The numbers, how, how they rank it PBS ranks it uh, is understanding the meaning behind the behavior so that goes back to, to me always saying that you have to to have an understanding of human development so if you understand why a child is re- acting or responding in a certain way you're better able to uh, to provide some discipline or even not even just discipline to meet their needs because a lot of times children just have unmet needs, they're hungry, they're wet, they're tired, they're sleepy, they just don't want to be bothered. And we are forcing them to go into the grocery store, or we're forcing them to sit in church for two hours, when their attention span is two minutes. I mean, the adult's attention span is 15 minutes, but we're forcing children into situations that just aren't working for them. And then when they act out we take it personally and we feel as if they are disobeying us when in reality
1: i think not sometimes it's like uh you feel the judgment from others um just uh when i was uh, over visiting my husband over um, in belgium um you would go places and like just walking by the business and like almost every single little business i saw there was like a little area in the lobby with toys like the nail salon had toys the hair. Salon had toys, or you know, a little area the business center where you go to talk to the lawyer had little toys in there, and it was kind of like I guess I thought, like, man, like having a child in America is so inconvenient, it is um, because you there really isn't anything for them anywhere, and if they act like a child, um, people are frustrated and annoyed by it,
0: exactly.
1: It's easier to have a kid here because. There's so much more outlet. I mean, I can go into my doctor's office and there's toys there for them to play with. And I'm not apologizing to the doctor. Like, Oh, I'm sorry. I couldn't have had to bring my kid with me. You know, this person who's a part of my life and I have to take care of 24 <laughs> seven. I couldn't get rid of them for you, for your convenience. You know, <laughs> I understand completely.
0: There is a, um, a service, that church service that I want to attend, but there's a caveat. It's in French and I don't speak French, mm-hmm. but, um, it's, the children, they just, they walk up to the altar and just kind of look around and walk around um, the sanctuary and it's it's okay. No one, service just goes on. It's normal. No one's like, well, you need to get your child or whose child is this? It's it's a child. He's, he's just there. I mean, it's a building. It's a smaller, it's a smallish building. But, I mean, it's not that small. It's like, the parent sees their child, the door, the parent's watching the door. Where's the child going? He's just,
1: right. he's like, I, I like to think that. People are like, you're watching your kids. I'm like, we're in an enclosed space. Where are they going? Exactly. And if, I, if, I, if I don't see them for a couple of minutes or a second or something, they're not escaping. <laughs> they're still in here. And um, the thing
0: about children is once their curiosity is satisfied, they generally come right back to their parent. They just yeah. want to see what it is.
1: It's like, you know, I am, I am the source. They will come back. They'll need a snack. <laughs>
0: or mine will need, the nurse.
1: Mom, I need you to nurse. I said, mom, I need you to hold my hand just for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right, kid, <laughs> hold hands.
0: Well, the second one is a big one. And it's something um, that we encounter a lot in what is now known as a nurtured child. And I'm going to have to put black back in there because a lot of moms are like, oh, the space is now open to all races. Okay, yeah, well, But calm down. It's just still for black people. But, you know, so I'm going to have to add black back in there somewhere. I'm going to have to wait. Facebook makes me wait 28 days before I can change it. Okay. But focus on controlling yourself because you can't control your child. If you can't do it to your spouse, you can't do it to your child. That's one thing to remember. And can you control your husband?
1: No. <laughs> a lot of people, I've been in a lot of mom groups and wife groups or <laughs> they would think they could. Yeah. I mean, you can find a way to get what you want, but it... No, but like, do you let your husband? I'm like, first of all, let <laughs> my husband, like he's an adult.
0: <laughs> or my favorite, does your husband let you? I'm
1: like, what? I mean, I might
0: discuss things with him, but let? Whatever. So, um, <laughs> you have to control your actions. You have to control your behavior, your responses. If your child is crying because he can't find, or in my son's case, he can't find his Peppa the Pig figurine. <laughs> I just have to remain <laughs> calm because if I start yelling, he's going to start it's, it's he's going to increase his level. So the louder I get, the louder he's going to get. So you have to remain calm and you also have to think through this because your toddler is not rational. You are the rational one. So someone has to remain calm and focus and think through what they're going to do next. If someone
1: has to be the adult in the situation.
0: <laughs> exactly. And you can't do that if you're yelling at your child. What do you
1: mean you can't find Peppa Pig? Well, <laughs> so, yes. I Sometimes, I mean, I, I'm not going to say I don't yell because, I mean, I get frustrated too, and but I apologize because I'm in a human person. I'm like, you know what? Mom was really mad right then, but, you know, I apologize. I shouldn't have yelled at you. Or, yes. um. I mean, sometimes I'm like, why would you do that? Never mind. You don't even know why you did that, you know? Like, yes. like I just that's okay. We're gonna work through it. Like this is what we do next time.
0: I agree. Okay. Number three, be consistent. And a lot of parents have a problem with that because they get tired, mm-hmm. um, they don't want to get up off the couch whatever it is but you have to be consistent if little jimmy can't bite today little jimmy can't bite tomorrow and you just look the other way because that one moment that you look the other way you have given him permission to bite and you're you're going to have to start over from the very beginning
1: and another thing with
0: being consistent is sometimes you just have to pack it up and go home if your child is is exhibiting behavior that you normally I would remove him from the situation. Yeah, I understand you drove two hours to visit your friend. Maybe you might need to go to the park, walk around, um, go to another space, or you might just have to go home.
1: I do that. Um when I'm meeting up, like I don't I don't meet with my friends often just because I'm I'm not a very social person. But when we do, um I typically say like, hey, you know, we're gonna let's meet at a park. Um, and my, my friends don't have children and most of them aren't even married. So, but I'll, I'll still like, we're going to a park or we're going to go to a place like I I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of my children. Like, um, it, like it can't be annoying for us to sit on a park bench and chat while my kids are playing. You know, it's, it's probably a lot better than trying to sit in a restaurant while they're climbing all over both of us. Exactly. We are going to a restaurant and I have, I have a kid and they're part of me. It's just like, you know, we're packing a deal. I I love that way.
0: Definitely, Um, give attention to the behavior that you like, not the behavior that you don't, which is number four. So, if your child is standing on the table, jumping up and down, just pick him up and put him down. Don't say, "Oh, you shouldn't do this," or "How many?" Just, just let it. You're not letting it go. You're removing it. You're not redirecting it. You're taking him down. Like this isn't safe are mm-hmm. not making a big deal about it. But when he does something that you do like, oh, thank you for sitting in the chair and not climbing on the table to eat. Thank you. I appreciate that. Or thank you for giving me your leftover food and not throwing it on the floor. Mm-hmm. So give attention to, to the behavior that you like, which is one of the things I'm trying to teach my 12-year-old. Stop paying attention to the little things that your brother does that annoy you.
1: You gotta let it go.
0: You have to feed the. You have to give attention to those good behaviors. Um, I don't believe in redirection, especially since I read there are no bad kids. Uh, I can't remember who wrote it, but I put it in the notes. Basically, redirection. Once again, if you wouldn't do it to your husband, you don't do it to your child. And right? if your husband's getting on your nerves, like, here, here, honey, I know that you want to talk to me, but go read this book. No, that wouldn't really work. And it shouldn't work with your children. You want to find out what's going on so that you can fix it or help them. Because when you redirect, maybe you're ignoring what's really going on. Maybe they're trying to tell you something, and you're pushing them to something else. So you don't want to redirect. You want to to connect instead of redirect. Connect and find out what's going on, and find out is there a way to meet their need.
1: Now, see when I viewed uh, when I well, I guess when I do when I my idea of redirection is my kids are, they want to play with the same toy. And I'm like, well, you know, you can't play with the same toy. You're going to have to, you have to share. Or, you know, how about, I guess, how about we play with this for right now or how about we, and I thought, I mean, my mind that was redirection. And, um, I mean, with my husband, it's kind of like, um, cause I redirect all the time. It's kind of like, well, I just, I want blah, blah, blah. I can't even give an example of my husband, but I do redirect him sometimes. But basically I just, I give another option. Like, how about this option? How about this option? How about this option? And he does it to me, too. Like I'm like, I really want to do this. And he's like, well, we can't do that right now. How about this option, this option, this option?
0: That makes sense. That truly make just give them options. Sometimes
1: – I, awesome. I don't want to say expand their options. I want to – I point out the other options for them. And exactly. Like they're sitting there and they're not like stuck trying to do something one way and they're going like, you know, how else can I get around this? Yeah. You know. That's helping to meet their needs. Because when you're giving options, maybe something's just not working
0: to them, but it's just not you saying, Here, go do this. You say, What would you rather do? What would you like to do? Or how can we what are the, your options? I like that. So, yeah. But that's
1: um, I have an anecdote for that where, you know, I do, when my children do something like really great, I'm like, man, like, you know, good job eating your vegetables, you know? And they're like sitting there and they have like a their- yummy and they feel great about it. I'm like, is it good? Like it's dinner yummy. Um, and sometimes like now, so I'll say something like they'll do something good and they'll come over and they'll put their hand up to high five. And I would not even have to say like, good job. They're coming over is like Mom, my vegetables coming over to high five. Let's go. And I just, you know, I didn't, it's not something that I kind of, it's something that they started, like, bringing up where they come over and high-five me, whether I see them do the good thing or not, you know? And it's awesome. It's kind of like, they feel good. They're they're congratulating me exactly. good now. Um, so I have seen that come to friction, like, they, it, that it is working.
0: It feels good. I agree wholeheartedly.
1: Those small little victories do count, though, in parenthood.
0: And it's good that they know and they feel good. They can see it in themselves when they're doing what they should. So Mm -hmm. you're doing a good job. And I guess the other big thing is that people kind of have a hard time understanding is you want to limit the use of the word no. And when you limit the use of the word no, you're not saying yes to everything. You're making your no's intentional. You're creating an environment in which... Your children know, I can do this, 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 and this, but I can't do this and this. Yeah. So there's no reason to say no, no, no. because you want to put your child in a space that's safe, that has age and developmentally appropriate toys and furnishings, And you want to give them, so they have that space to to grow, to develop their independence and their creativity. You don't want to stifle them because every time you tell a child, no, it's like you're cutting something off. You're preventing them from doing something apart, something that is integral to their development. So you don't want your child jumping off the coffee table, but you want to give them an area where they can run and jump. And a lot of times people expect their children when they're home, well, they need to, to be, they need to sit in the space or they need, this is, this is the, 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 the special living room. Well, you know, your child shouldn't be in the special living room. This is, this is a, This is the the be good zone or whatever you call it. Yeah. Your child shouldn't be there because if your child is in a space where it's constantly no, no, no," it's not comfortable for them. And it can't be comfortable for you if you're constantly having to.
1: They're in a space where they're not allowed to be. And I mean, I don't think that's comfortable for anybody.
0: No, it's not. And I personally believe that it's not my house is everyone's house and yeah. they can and I, and I understand that you know you have some spaces because we have yeah. gates up in areas where our house need to go but it's it's their house this needs to be well yeah our house it needs to be where they can run and not run because that's, that's maybe someone's rule our house
1: maybe they can run in their house or they feel like running in their house or maybe I'll say like you know this is your house and when you run <coughs> in the house you're you're not respectful to the house or exactly. Things like that. So I'm not like not that you can't run, but should would you want to run in your house? Is that how you want to treat this space? You exactly. know,
0: <laughs> but they should be able to touch and explore because that's how children learn is by touching and exploring. At my house, yeah, there, there's some running because we have some. It's sad to say there's some you could actually get up enough speed in one area because I finally had to say no skateboards because my husband, not my husband, my son was using the skateboard and I'm like get the skateboard out of my house. It was getting on my nerve. <laughs> but, um, yeah, they like.
1: Well, I would have been like, hey guys, you know what? You can't skateboard in the house. You know why? Is it because it's tearing up the floors? If you tear up the floors, what do you on?" Know? <laughs> I yeah. always have a reason for everything. Last year, um, after
0: Hurricane Harvey, um, we had taken, what had we done? We had taken the memory foam mattress toppers off the bed mm-hmm. and I, Cut two or three of them up. So my children were jumping off the coffee table and like rolling onto the memory foam mattress pads. And a friend came over, and I think she was like appalled. Like your children are jumping. Children off. are being children. I'm and like, I'm like, we've been stuck in the house for for three days. I don't. I mean, honestly, they're they're, they're good. They're jumping. It, it's, it, not, it's not. not, not it's
1: not breaking something. I like to call it. Um, it's controlled fun. Exactly. You when know, we're in the store, it's fun to run underneath the into the aisles or underneath the clothes and peek your head up. That's fun stuff for kids, um, and I remember that being fun. I remember that being fun, and, and I think- want to have that fun. And it's and it's not endangering anybody. So I, I like really step back and I think like, why can't they do this? As long as it's not
0: like a crowded day. But if it's just me in a store and there's no one else around they want to hide under the rack, whatever. And believe me, it's better than my son running around like, Mommy, here's your bra. Here's your bra, Mommy. Because he's running through the, the lingerie department like, It's your bra, Mommy. Here's your panty, Mommy. So just, just go hide under a rack somewhere. But it was funny, though, when my friend came over because I think she thought that, you know, they're going to jump off the couch for, they're going to jump off the coffee table forever. They don't even do it anymore. It's just a one-time thing. But uh, your children need to have yes spaces. They don't need to be no to death. That's not to say that they don't have guidance. They They don't have discipline. You need to make your no's intentional. Establish your rules. My rule is respect. So anything that's disrespectful is an automatic no. So we don't have to have 15 different rules. It's does this respect this person or is it respectful to this place? And if it's not, then there's a no. So there's certain things that you just don't do, but we don't have a laundry list of rules or things that can't be done in the house because ultimately it comes down to respect.
1: I think maybe it's like, yeah, we can't do this in this, these parameters. Yeah. So like, no, usually we're not allowed to jump off of the coffee table onto the floor, but we put the mattresses down, you know, specifically for the purpose of let's make it off the coffee table onto the floor today.
0: Yes. And, you know, we don't, we don't throw things because it's disrespectful. But if you see that your child is wanting to throw, that's when sometimes you just have to get up and take them outside. Right. Because I'm like, all right, let's, let's go outside. We're going. Burn off energy. They're they're children. They're not adults. They're not hardwired to sit and play. So, parenting toddlers is it's not um, well. It can be emotionally hard. I think it's more physically challenging because you're always you have to keep up with them and their energy. Now it can be emotional because two and three is an An emotional stage and if you're not in a good mind place your child will drive you crazy because they um, they have intense feelings and they can't contain them they haven't learned how to process them so they come out and it can be overwhelming for a parent who's not in a good space so parents definitely have to make sure that they get enough rest that they are that they're not overwhelmed and stressed and self-care. You know, I really hate the word self-care. I don't know why, but it's the big thing now. But because you have to make sure that you have taken care of yourself because if you can't be taking care of yourself, it's difficult to meet the needs of someone else. But sometimes if you can't meet your needs, you just have to suck it up until you have a chance because... Even though people say, oh, it's a whole new day, you can start over, but sometimes it's just that one time that you, that you yell at your child or that one time that you hit them, and it can completely change the dynamics of your relationship, and you want to say, oh, well, we can start over again the next day. Maybe not for your child.
1: And, um, sometimes, you know, like with me, I, I would be wary of the next time, always, I think um, I like to use the word, like, with my kids being over at my parents right now, um, my husband was telling me, he was like, well, you know, like, people use the word, you know, they need their mom or, you know, like, right there or something. Or I I don't know what it is with when I say I need a break from my children. Uh, You know, there's a lot of, like, you know, you can't break from your children. Like, what makes you think you can get a break? And it's like, you know, if I'm tired and stressed out, I can't be present. And now, now I'm like throwing them in front of. I have to, I guess, uh, make it a a, make handicaps to help uh, bridge those gaps of what I'm able to. Like, I don't have the energy for it, so I'm gonna have. We're gonna have to like watch a little more TV or something like that. Um, And so, I like to use the word. uh, It's okay to be selfish, but not self-centered. Yeah. And so it's like, yes, I have to take care of myself. So I needed a small, like I needed a break from my uh, children and they love going to their grandparents and maybe they needed, you know, a different, new surroundings to like refresh themselves too. you know, run around the my grandparents house and have like some different roles or whatever. Um, but I'm not selfish at, or self-centered where I'm only thinking of myself. I'm thinking of all of us like, yes. all from each other. We were all having a very emotionally charged moment. You know, my daughter was fighting with me and I'm fighting with her. And I had to take a step back and say, like, hey, you know what? Let's take a break from each other, <laughs> and maybe we'll feel better once we have a little bit of a break. She, she, she is kind of like, you know, a little me.
0: <laughs> I would agree. I would agree. Sometimes even with my son, I have to take a bit of a break because my son is two, he's 32 months. And he still nurses mm-hmm. probably six to seven times a day. And I'm not going to say I'm touched out, but there are some moments where I just don't want to be touched or he's nursing constantly going back to back, side to side, side to side. I just need a bit of a break. So sometimes I kind of have to sneak off to a place in the house. And, and you have to, to do that
1: that's when I do that delayed gratification I'm like hey you know what we can't nurse right now um but we will be able to nurse at nap time you know and so it's not like I'm saying I'm not saying no I'm just I'm compromising with you or I'll say hey how about instead of nursing let's have a glass of milk from the refrigerator or let's have some water or maybe I'll even give you a little juice or something but instead of nursing let's do this But I guess that's not redirection. It's more of like, I'm going to give you some different options that you can choose right now. Exactly. I haven't
0: gotten to the point of giving other options. And I will say, this is all a problem of my creating. I haven't, I guess, put up that boundary with nursing. Mm -mm. Yeah. So in my mind, that's why I don't really complain about it, because Um, I'm enabling it, if you can understand that. Right. So...
1: uh, I think um, now that she's, like, two and a half, I've started pulling back. Not because um, I feel like I needed her to stop nursing, but just I need, like, hey, honey, like, baby, we – I don't want you hanging off of me all day today. Like, why don't we play or why don't we do something else? Let's let's choose another activity. I'm tired of this game. You know, like, we were playing together at the playground and I said I was tired of this game, and I'm like, can we play this game instead? I think it's kind of the same. I like to think of like, we're all people here. So, I mean, I do that. I, you need a break from your spouse sometimes, you know?
0: I would agree. I would definitely agree.
1: Yeah, well,
0: just- I've enjoyed talking to you today, Sydney. I have enjoyed talking to you. As with every time I learn something, this has been a really productive conversation. And I hope that our listeners have learned something about toddlers and positive parenting and that it's more of a lifestyle and it's not something that you should expect to happen immediately um it, it actually began at birth it begins at birth and it carries over and those seeds that you plant today you're going to see or those seeds that you plant in infancy you will you're going to see one day at 18 months it, two and a half, at three, at four, and it's all going to come together. And it's not going to mean that your child is going to be perfect because there are no perfect children. Um, It's just your children have a better relationship and an understanding, and they're willing to meet you in your quest to guide them. They, They want to be a part of the team, and they don't see it as... You being the villain, the person, the bad mom who wants to punish. you They see you as a friend, someone to whom they can go to for respect and guidance. And they don't always have to agree with the choices that you make, but they understand that the choices that you make are ultimately in their best decision. A lot, of, And you want the decisions that you make as a family to be um, a group endeavor but sometimes as the parent you do know best and you want for your children to re- to respect that sometimes mom and dad have the final say so but your children also will know that they have the right to unders to ask why <laughs> you're doing something a certain way
1: which is i mean my parents raised me the same way it was kind of like well why are we having a curfew, and, uh, like, what's the purpose of the curfew? And if this is the purpose, like, can we compromise on this part? And my parents were very reasonable, and we're like, okay, but, you know, that makes sense. <laughs> um, but I was able, I guess, I want my children to have some say in their own lives, which is yeah. about, is a, which is a big part of it. Because if um, they don't
0: learn how to make these decisions in childhood...
1: They won't be that person in adulthood. They're going to have to learn the hard way. Oh, and it's rough.
0: It really is.
1: Here they are learning in this very safe environment um, where the repercussions are, you know, profound for mom, not you know, a credit card <laughs> bill or something, things like that. So I mean, I really think about that. Of, I guess it's not positive parenting. It's like you're letting them experience things, but you're also very you're setting them up for the real world in a child in an age appropriate way and exactly. I, we're always thinking of the future um you i think if you just think about it if they think fear you and they always respect you then they'll never question that authority and they'll never be able to be that authority so they'll get to their job and their job their boss will say, like can you work overtime um you know we're not going to give you overtime pay or something i want them to be able to stand up for themselves and i want them to be able to you know know that they are allowed to ask questions and understand and disagree. Um it's important. It's very important. It's important. To do as adults too. So here we are practicing.
0: We are. We are practicing and hopefully practice makes perfect. And it's not that I'm, I'm gonna hope that things work out. I know that they will because um my 12 year old I mean, granted, we still have eight years, but what I see in him, mm-hmm. is definitely the seeds that I have planted, well, not just I, that my husband and I have planted, and I'm pleased with the results. Not to say that he doesn't have a smart mouth, because he does. You know, I'm going to leave you with this little story. Mm-hmm. This my first year teaching second grade, and last week I had a rough week, and I said to some of my students, do you want me to call your parents? And I actually had a student call their own parent because I said, I'm not calling your parent to tell them what you did. You can call your parent. And they were like, no, Ms. Davis, my parent smacked me. And I got some really bad stories. And I was like, well, did it make a difference? No, it didn't make a difference. You're threatening to call my parent now. So they said something along that line. So Uh second grade. These children know that spanking does not work. They know that they're going to get hit and they're going to come back and do something. There's nothing, they're not taught something. They're just being punished. And punishment does not work. Your children.
1: I guess that they're saying they're feeling like the punishment is not enough to deter them. Exactly. And there's no reason. It's like
0: give them a reason. reason, help them work through it. And they're children. They're going to make mistakes and they shouldn't live in fear of making mistakes. But thank you, Sydney. And I look forward to connecting with you next week. All right. Because we have, I guess, three more episodes of toddler talk and then we'll move on to something. New. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye.